You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams and Marty Foster. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome back, gentlemen. Marty, Thanks, Bruce, Johnny. great to have you both here tonight. Marty, let's start with you. How was your Christmas? Uh, very family. Excuse me. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Scratch that. We got to We got to cut that because Christmas is illegal now because of COVID. How was your funeral, funeral for, my for pet your turkey for your pet turkey? Yes. Well, fortunately, my pet turkey, which could feed 15 to 17 people, it went well. He was duly cremated at 200 degrees for about three hours. Three hours. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to overcook it. Well, I mean, if I'm if I'm going to take a bird, well, how how big was the bird though? That's the question. I, I mean, how much how much did he weigh? Oh, I can't remember in kilos, but it, it say uh, it it was enough. To, we still got plenty left. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, what, have you ever done the deep fried turkey? You ever done that? Um, no, I've seen it done, and of course, you need some special apparatus. You do to, to yeah. make that happen. You do, um, and you have to be very careful because uh, if you, if you don't, I'm telling you, the the only way to do it uh, is deep fried. You can have it done in 90 minutes. The only way you can do a turkey now, in my opinion, is deep frying it. The taste is completely different. I do love a good oven roasted turkey. Don't get me wrong, but smoke. Okay, all right, smoked. I'll go with you on that one. But smoking takes too long. Smoking the the turkey yeah, takes too long. Take a while. Deep frying the turkey, man. You can have it done, and I think it's like what is it like two minutes a pound or something? Yeah, it's pretty quick. Uh, I've not actually had deep fried turkey, to be oh, honest. We, oh. we do smoked or roasted, so. Yeah, okay. yeah I've, got, I've got to try it too. I haven't tried it yet. But Bruce and I were talking before you graced us with your presence, Johnny. Hold on just one and- second. Hold that thought. Bruce, how's your... Did you have a funeral <laughs> procession as well for your turkey? Uh, no, actually, we didn't We didn't have turkey. Um, it was a funeral procession for some beef. We, Brisket? We, uh, well, in, in celebration of their life, we had chili and um all the good other, cowboy chili yeah 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 and some some other um foods we don't usually do anything really big on 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 christmas it's usually um snack foods more or less mm-hmm. and you know you 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 graze throughout the day so like hors d'oeuvres and a potluck kind of thing yeah yeah kind of kind of like that yeah okay all right well that's good now marty back on to your point i do apologize i'm sorry for interrupting no no that's quite quite right we mustn't forget to ask Bruce, how he is and how he's doing. And what yeah, don't want to wait till the end of the podcast this time. No, 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 no. You won't make that mistake again. Um, yeah, the act of cooking and preparing all the food during the course of, of Christmas morning, in fact, it starts the night before on Christmas Eve. But by the time I've cooked it all, even though this year I had I had help, but by the time it's all cooked, I've got no appetite. It's, it's horrible. So I have a very small dinner. Uh, and then, like Bruce says, the, the best part for me is is grazing on the cold meats and the salads and the snack stuff afterwards, which, you know, it makes the whole season. But um, the big Christmas dinner, I don't enjoy that much. I, I, I especially don't like it if someone fills my plate for me. I have to do it myself. Well, that's... Um... That that's good. No, I I know where you're coming from. By the time you finish with all of these stress and everything of preparing everything, and you put all that work and all that time and effort into it, it's it's just 
you're too tired to enjoy the meal, it almost seems like. Yeah, and this year I didn't start on the wine or the port or the sherry or the beer until much later in the evening. So it's not a case of, um, you know, being a little bit queasy, shall we say, before Mm -hmm. the meal is served. Uh, I was sober as a judge. Not that many judges are sober, but yeah, it was uh, it was a lovely day, lovely couple of days. Now we've got New Year's Eve to look forward to, which will be a complete no. It's illegal. No, it's it's, it's banned. Illegal. It's it's yeah. going to be a virtual New Year's Eve this year. You're not allowed to do anything. You leave your house, then you're going to be shot dead. Right. Speaking of speaking of Christmas, right? Since we're on the uh, the Christmas talk here, uh, Her Majesty made her usual Christmas speech this year. What do you think of it? Slight confession, didn't see it. Um, really as is tradition every year the the woman of few words actually makes a statement she's not necessarily a woman of few words you know she can be in public she she says what she has to say she was taught from a very young age how to conduct herself in public and how to get a message across however like i said a few podcasts ago i went from being anti-royal as a rebellious youth to being highly appreciative of the royal family as a more mature man. But now Charles has given a speech in favor of the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset, which apparently is a conspiracy theory, but you're going to come to that. It is. Yeah, we'll get to that. I've slightly gone off the royal family again because nothing happens in that family. No one does anything without the Queen's knowledge, apart from maybe Meghan Markle and Harry buggering off to Canada. Well, she said one thing that stood out to me, and normally I would, no offense, but normally I would ignore this, uh, and I I really wouldn't pay that much mind to it, but this one thing that she said stood out to me, and this might link back into the conversation that you and Bruce were having as I strolled in the room this evening, and that is, this is what she said, I'm just quoting here, Uh, the Queen of England, Elizabeth II, says that the teachings of Christ have served as my inner light. Now, the reason that stood out to me is because everything that we're seeing that is involving the Great Reset and... And, and all of the actions of uh, you know political class and and uh, the agitation groups like BLM and Antifa, everything about that is an anti-God teaching. So to see a prominent figure like this come out and mention that, and I mean, you can throw the Vatican in there along with it. Not everyone in the Vatican, specifically the Pope, who is rumored at this point to possibly be stepping down before the end of the year. Uh, it's entirely possible due to his previous statement that he said seven years ago, saying that he would follow in the steps of his predecessor and step down after seven years. Well, after Christmas, it's right now at seven years. So if that's the case, if he's true to his word, then he should be on his way out. But she stepped up and she said, yeah, good. She stepped up and she says, the teachings of Christ have served as my inner light, as has the sense of purpose we can find in coming together to worship. Doesn't that shock you a little bit? Either one of you? Not me. No, because she is head of the Church of England, which is the faith in which I was brought up and trained as a chorister and went to church twice every Sunday and choir practice and all the rest of it. She is the head of the church. So it doesn't surprise me that that is what she would say. No, sorry, Bruce, are you surprised by that? No, I'm not. Uh, Knowing I had the same knowledge that she's the head of the church technically. So no, I'm not. Not surprised okay. at all. I mean, no, and, no, no, and that's that's fine. It's just, I mean, compared to all of the uh, the anti-religious talk that we hear, that that was really my only my only uh, point to it is why it stood out to me. Well, even as Americans, right, our founders were all Christian. They came from England, so 
I mean, it, it just it, it kind of makes sense don't, that don't say that too loud. Your smoke is even. Don't say that too loud. Yes, and the Dutch. No, well, no, because right the way across Europe, um, anyone who wasn't Catholic um, was being kicked out as heretics, and they fled. They fled to the United States. They fled mm -hmm. there for religious freedom, and mm -hmm. that's the something Amish. that your great country offered. The Amish, yeah, and of course that they refer to everybody else as the English, don't they? They do, yeah. So, so um, you, you know, as you're right, the conversation I was having having with Bruce was about religion, and whilst I have a faith, I do not conform any longer to any religion because they are methods of controlling the masses. They were later replaced by what you're saying, by Marxism, by communism, by socialism, where the highest power has to be the state or the establishment, not a deity. So that's that's why they're similar, that, that they say instead of the, there's only one God, they have to say there is only one uh, ruler, uh, there, there, there is only one leader. And, and that's what they require everyone to look to. So, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this now. You'll have to it, butt in and help me out. It sounds like, like the Dark Ages. I mean, we, we kind of talked about this before recording that the kings were God-ordained, if you will. It's kind, yeah, of the, it's, it's kind of a similar situation with the state being God, essentially. It, it's yeah. kind of a, a similar situation. Just no, that, slightly the, st the state has lost their purpose is what it is. They've lost their purpose because we, the people, haven't kept them in check. They're not gods. They're servants. Uh, right. And no, I'm saying in Marxism and oh, yeah. in, in yeah, that yeah. world, it's, it's the state's God. Yes, well, they, all, yeah. they all had little books, didn't they? You know, the, Marx had his manifesto. Chairman Mao had his little black book or little red book. Uh -huh. um, you know, Hitler had Mein Kampf. They, they've all got a book. They have to have a book. And, and of course, Klaus Schwab has got the Great, the Great Reset. Reset. Great Reset. And, and he's also authored the, um, uh, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, just all if you're wondering. as well, yes. Yes. All right. Um, we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. But uh, not much in the way of political news over the last few days. I know there was a bombing in Nashville. We can talk about that a little bit. Don't know a whole lot about it. I know there was a house raided last night from a person of interest. And the only thing that we know about that is at the moment, is that uh, that building was an old AT&T building. It was said to have had a, a hub to parts of Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Alabama. That was the backbone of their 911 system, and that went down for a few hours. Uh, also, that was said to be a uh, an office of the Dominion Voting Systems uh, group of people. So, I'm sure it's just just happened to be coincidence. I'm sure, um, but here in here in the UK, they're reporting it as potentially a suicide bombing. Uh huh. Uh, well, they they say yeah, that they found the, human remains at the scene, but that doesn't. They haven't said who or what. No, no, because whoever it was was blown to many thousands of pieces, mm -hmm. and no one was hurt. No one was killed. Thank God for that. So no, no one, no, no actual deaths, but there were three injuries, um, three people injured at, at at the site. Yeah. The so what they're saying is, is it was an RV that was the uh, it was a car bomb, and they don't know if the, anybody was in the RV. So that that's where the speculation of uh, they don't know if the the actual bomber was there. Um, they did say there was gunshots there, and that's what police showed up for. And then there was an announcement from the RV that said there was a bomb. It was going to go off in 15 minutes. And uh, that's that's 
essentially how they learned of it. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And then it, uh, you know, obviously went off, uh, did some damage to the area there. Uh, but as far as the building itself, it's still standing. It's not, it's not another Oklahoma City bombing, um, fortunately. That was quite nasty. So n- nothing on that level. But it was, there was a large fireball that you could see from uh, multiple blocks away. Okay. Uh, and I'm sh- I haven't heard anything else uh, more than pretty much what you just stated, but uh, I guess we'll just continue with it the rest of the week until uh, we hear more on it. I'm sure they'll have more on it. But I want to talk what happened on Christmas Eve when no one was paying attention. Apparently, the UK, you guys have a deal now. Where did this come from and what does it consist of? It's, it's kind of a Canada-style deal, um, giving us the same sort of access to the European markets as Canada has. We will still uh, have to follow EU rules, which isn't a big problem as far as export is concerned. So quality standards on goods. Yeah, I understand. I understand trade will not largely be affected and there won't be that much in the way of tariffs either. No. However, they still have the right if they think one part of whatever industry is being advantaged in the UK, they will still have the right to veto and levy tariffs as they see fit. Also, the I think the original request for continued fishing rights was originally 14 years or maybe 15 years. That is now down to a transition period of five years. So at the end of the day, not much has changed. Those rules I talked about earlier on, we wrote most of them and we're going to be sticking to them anyway. So that's no no big deal, if you pardon the pun. Um, that's not a pun at all, is it? But this whole fishing right thing, it's, it is a bit of a capitulation. And like I said a few days ago on the podcast, I don't really believe any hard negotiations went on between Van, Von, der, Von der Leyen, Von der Leyen, Van and, der Leyen and Boris. Um, I think it was kind of a done deal. Yeah. Van would be Dutch. Von would be German. True. Um, unless she's German. So, yeah, I don't think there was really much of a negotiation happening. I think it was already decided, and that was a bit of showboating for the British public and brinksmanship, and then he was able to make an announcement on Christmas Eve. But really, the best deal for us was no deal. Should have been no deal. Yeah, I was going to say that as, as much of an oxymoron as that is when you say it, the best deal is no deal. Yeah, I just want that. Three hundred and fifty million pounds a week, which is what we were paying into the EU now to be spent elsewhere. Unfortunately, though, with all the hits that our economy has taken from COVID, I don't think we've got that kind of money to throw around anyway anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, source to number ten said the deal is fantastic news for families and businesses in every part of the UK. Okay, I don't know how that could be because with lockdowns, you're killing businesses. Uh, we've signed the first free trade agreement based on zero tariffs, zero quotas that has ever been achieved with the EU. Okay, uh, but you're still under lockdown. And with that, your we when we were talking about this last week, obviously you don't live there, but your hometown or your home area of uh, of Norfolk has gone into tier four as of yesterday. Do you talk to people up there? Do you know why they've gone into tier four? Is it that bad? I mean, are there are there hospital problems? I mean, because I, I can tell you what's going on here with the hospitals. There's two hospitals, two major hospitals within walking distance of where I live right now. And I've gone past them several times this week. And guess how many times I've seen queues and lines outside of them? None. But yet they're yeah. saying they're overrun. Again, we, we've 
we kind of established and talked about this. Each hospital will allocate a certain number of beds to COVID cases. And when they're getting close to running out of beds within that allocation, they'll say they are inundated. But there may be other beds that they can move people to. But the problem is those wards then have to be completely isolated and kept separate from people with other conditions. Well, Norfolk is an agricultural county and the main hospital is in Norwich. um, And it's quite a large hospital, but it is probably getting close to capacity for those beds allocated for COVID patients. And of course, with more testing, you're getting more cases and we're in seasonal flu time. No, Uh, no, we're not. No, we're not. No, yeah, 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 yes, there's, we are, there's no, yes, there's we no are. data to corroborate that at this at the current time because no. we're not seeing any cases of the flu. But the, da- the data says so. Obviously, where I am down in the south of England, we're also in tier four, and I haven't seen anybody queuing outside the doctors or heard of any big rush at the hospitals. In fact, our Nightingale hospitals seem to have been completely abandoned. They're yep. not there. There's no one. There's, there's no one, you know, staffing those facilities. They treated a grand total of four patients. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up before before we move on from there. It's interesting you bring that up because here you built these Nightingale hospitals to take in the overflow to aid on the hospitals that you normally have. Okay. So you, you have these facilities just like they did with Javits in New York City, right? Just like we did with the hospital ships off the coast of Los Angeles and off the coast of New York, the comfort and the mercy. We did this to stop the surge of the hospitals. Yet now all of these things were not needed and they are saying that the hospitals are surging, but yet they're locking down society rather than creating more wards and opening these places back up. Opening the places back up would make more sense logically as opposed to locking down all of society. But I mean, I- I'm talking about uh, logical thinking, reasonable thinking here. And that that is apparently not what any uh, a- any politician is going to do. I was going to say on the, on the news today, Vladimir Putin um, was walking around Moscow's version of the Nightingale Hospital, mm-hmm. and it seemed fairly well occupied. Actually, you know, we've been saying for a long time, let's see the let's see the footage, let's see these people. We don't want to see people suffering, but we want no, the of course proof. not. Yeah, but regardless of what the World Health Organization's statistics say and their data, it is seasonal flu. It's the time for that. So it's no surprise that somewhere like Moscow will have quite a few patients who will test positive for a coronavirus who are in need of hospitalization and will wind up in this in this um, facility so you know we it'd be great if if um, if someone in fact I think all politicians every time they stand up and make an announcement should be connected to a polygraph and the polygraph trace should be on the screen it would be fantastic to know when we're being bullshit, uh, BS'd and when we're being told the truth. Yeah. Well, that, you, that, Marty, that you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't hook these people up to a polygraph. They'd break the machine. We make a bigger polygraph. Um, all <laughs> with, we'll make one, an agricultural one with, with old, you know, analog servos and those kind mm-hmm. of things rather than uh-huh. a digital one because yeah you're right it would just spike and and yeah and break the and and they'll tell you the same thing do you know i'll, I'll tell you what well you know this already you know what the box is don't you it's for leverage that's all it's used for it's not admissible you can tell it i mean you can use it however you want that's all it's used for i mean they they pick and choose how those things are used anyway 
yeah, I'm pretty sure that, um, well, I've, I'm not pretty sure. I've got a feeling that I could probably beat one. When I go to the hospital for a checkup or whatever, the first time they take my blood pressure, it's sky high. There's a, a term for it, white coat syndrome. But then I just meditate slightly. I said, don't worry, because sometimes they've, they've been calling for the crash cart, thinking that um, I'm about to have a cardiac arrest. But I said, just just give me a minute, and I sit there and meditate, and I can bring my uh, pulse right down and my blood pressure down. And, and then they take it again, and everything's fine. Um, but, yeah, it is inadmissible. It would. Be. What we need is, is, is for the superheroes to reveal themselves and Wonder Woman, with her lasso of truth, to encircle all of our politicians at once. Wouldn't that be fantastic? It would be fantastic. Yeah, I'd like to see that. However, uh, that's not going to happen. Unfortunately, my friend, we the people are the superheroes. We're going to have to be. Uh, that's how it's going to have to be. If we're going to if we're going to wrangle these people up politically, then we're the ones that are going to have to do it because no one else is going to do it for us. So, speaking of COVID, we've talked a lot about the cancel culture, the politically correct culture around here, and how much we. Uh, well, we all despise it. And you, the listener, I'm sure you despise it as well. Now, the thing that they've been doing, and they've been so clever at doing over the last uh, several years, is they've subtly been changing the definition of things. So they don't actually alter the term. They alter the meaning of that term in order to fit the agenda that they're trying to promote. So we've seen this across the board. Rather than uh, change the actual word itself, because that would be too obvious. People would look onto that and say, well, wait a minute, um, that, that doesn't really make much sense. But what they're doing is they're changing the underlying meaning of it. Case in point, there is an English professor at an American university who says that the English language is a sign of white supremacy. Now, what are they doing? Now, I, I know you're, you're laughing. They are changing the underlying meaning of what they're trying to promote as that agenda in order to fit the narrative that they want to promote. So they'll change the meaning behind something. Christmas. What are we doing with Christmas? We're changing things around Christmas. We're removing in the United States the last couple of years, they've been removing nativity scenes because, well, that's just um, it's not inclusive enough, as they say. So they're changing the meanings of things that we would otherwise know without actually changing the terms. Well, you're going to find this very clever. Marty, I haven't actually talked to you about this yet because this happened the night before Christmas. Yeah, it was the night before Christmas and all through the World Health Organization, <laughs> right? I mean, we could we could make we could almost make a uh, a nice little uh, Christmas rhyme about that. The World Health Organization has gone through and they've changed the definition of herd immunity. Did you hear what I just said? They've changed the definition of herd immunity. So now the World Health Organization is asserting that only herd immunity can occur if the entire population is vaccinated. Right. Okay. So. Herd immunity used to mean that the majority no, of stop no what herd no, no what herd immunity means is continue what herd immunity <laughs> sorry breaking these teeth in again what herd immunity means is that the majority of people have developed antibodies through their own immune system by exposure to some form of pathogen or virus. And it's done naturally. It's a natural occurrence. Sticking a synthetic RNA vaccine into someone is quite unnatural, particularly as within a single span evolution, it is changing your cell structures. You know, white blood cells, antibodies, they do change and and your body, your, your own cells works out how to fight an infection. 
Uh, and all these sy- symptoms of, of, of COVID are actually symptoms of fighting an infection. If you've got a tickly throat, it's because there is something in your throat and your lungs are trying to expel that. That's why you cough. You get a temperature because when certain organisms are put over body temperature, they die off. Uh, and that's why you run a temperature. Um, yeah, no, the World Health Organization can kiss my fat one. I completely concur with you, uh, Dr. Foster. But, <laughs> but, but sorry, look, I've got A-level biology. That's it. And um, I'm not a doctor, um, although I will have yeah, but a really you, good look at to, it for to you. To a larger an point, though. You can't just change the definition of something to fit your agenda. And that's all they've done here. It's It's got nothing but, but, to do with, with medicine or science. You you may dislike me for this, but you started off by saying that we're changing this professor is changing the English language because it's no, no, English no, no. is white supremacist. No, that was no, that was just an example that I was using oh. of them changing the definition of something to fit the agenda. So there's an English professor at an American university who says that the English language promotes white supremacy. So he's changing the underlying definition of the English language in order to fit the identity politics agenda, was the point I was making. He he might have a point, because when I hear someone say, ask me a question instead of ask me a question, it irritates me. Yeah, um, I'll agree with you on that one. But that's Um, not English, though. And our our sound quality on here occasionally, occasionally makes me sound like I've said that rather than that. And and that may be my poor enunciation, or the fact that we're recording this this podcast across two continents. But I think the way in which English is dialectly spoken uh, among certain minority groups absolutely drives me up the wall. And the worst part about it is where I hear young Caucasian people copying the way in which ethnic minority groups use English. And it's just to fit in. So maybe he's got a point. Maybe I'm not a white supremacist. You only have to look at the world of science, the world of sport, to see how certain ethnicities do better than others. And us, us white boys, white boys fail at school. Asian boys do much, much better. Black lads are, are so much advantaged by genetics. Uh, when it comes to sport. So, you know, the the idea that English is promoting white supremacy, I'd love to see some of his examples. To be honest um, with you, I don't really have any. I, I heard it, and that's where I was going with the example. That wasn't my main point. My main point was the fact that these these idiots have changed this definition of herd immunity to fit their agenda well, for vaccination. It, yeah, but they've done that to suit their own agenda. And we're seeing agenda after agenda from the World Health Organization, from the United Nations, from the World Economic Forum. They've got their agendas and they are pushing them as hard as they possibly can. And this is just one more round in their magazine, isn't it? It, it is. And, you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to know where they're getting these uh, these complete buffoons. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist or anything like that. But common sense and, and logical thinking and, and critical thinking tells me that this whole thing is uh, is just an absolute disaster. These people, I mean, the, the World Health Organization, these people were hated before COVID. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to trust these people. People weren't trusting of vaccines before all this. There was a UK, or the UK, there was a UN WHO vaccine summit in Geneva, Switzerland at the WHO headquarters there. And 
at that summit, Bruce, you and I watched it. They talked about how the medical community, the doctors, the patients, the administrators, they don't trust vaccinations anymore. We've got to do something. Two months later, we had COVID. Two months later. Now, all of a sudden, you need a vaccine. By the way, also over Christmas, sheer coincidence, I'm sure, the second largest factory in the world in Taipei, in New Taipei, in Taiwan, who makes a uh, a pre- what is it? Uh, a, a pre-required chemical for hydroxychloroquine. I'm sorry, what? Precursor. Uh, precursor, yes. For hydroxychloroquine, went up in smoke. It's all gone. Whole thing blew up. I'm Just coincidence, I'm sure. But these idiots at the World Health Organization, the, these buffoons, have changed the definition of herd immunity. They're literally rewriting hundreds of years of scientific understanding and what the term truly means in an effort to, to what? To, to knock out uh, an actual herd immunity. Would it surprise either one of you, Bruce, you might know this. You guys know that Florida is open. They've been open. Did you guys know that? Yep. They haven't closed outdoor dining. They haven't done anything. Not from a, for, not from a state level. The, the governor has said if your local, uh, like mayors and whatnot, if they think they need to shut down, that's on them. But as far as the state level, they've not shut down. Is the uh, demographic in Florida what we would be led to believe from TV programs and comedy in the what, US that in Florida that the majority of people are people who've, who've retired there. Uh, there. There is a large number of retirees there, yes, in some parts of Florida, yes, but not the majority of Florida, no. And so there, there's two ways of looking at this. One is they're doing what they're doing and they're not they're not screaming and shouting about lots of extra deaths amongst that retired community and the other way of looking at it is maybe is it a red state or a blue state red it's red it's a red state okay but the other way of looking at it, at it would be if they want to get rid of lots of old people so they don't have to pay their pensions anymore yeah but that's not happening down there the deaths aren't exactly, there exactly that's why i'm saying there's two there's two ways of looking at it and i think the evidence if there's not lots of additional over and above the yearly average deaths. Well, there's more to it. There's more to it than that. They've still allowed flights to and from the two hottest spots in the country, California and New York, and they still don't have problems. Yeah. And they're also very meticulous on how they track numbers and whatnot. So they are very clear when it says death with COVID and death from COVID. They're separating the two, and they're even trying to be even more precise on their numbers and and um, how how things are are labeled there. In fact, they were just uh, there was a big um, I don't know a, a scandal, if you will, if you're on the left, they would call it a scandal. But there was a, a woman that hacked one of the emails, emergency email system or something for the business that she worked at that she was fired from previously. Anyway, she used it. Um, to send out a message. And basically, the claim of the woman is they're not properly tracking data when it comes to COVID. And um, really, what's um, going on is they're hence, tracking it accurately. They're ignoring it. They're ignoring it. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Do, do you remember what um, I've been saying for months? I said, if you want this to stop, all you have to do is ignore it and go, go back to work and live your life. Literally, that's all you have to do. That would be great. I'd love that. But I no longer have a desk. They close your office. The people, they've, they've, <laughs> the office isn't closed, but now we are to be. They call it. They're calling it a new word, another new phrase into the English language: hybrid working. 
which oh, means that I, I love all I these need, English terms. You guys, you guys have a department yeah. of your government that actually comes up with these ridiculous preschool level words. Sorry. No, no, it's not a government department. Otherwise, they'd, they'd never get issued on time. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, actually, the French have got uh, a department to make up French words. That's true. To stop their language being anglicized. That's true. So, yeah, they, they've got that. But. Where was I going with this? Yeah, there is another new phrase that has come into being just recently called debt trap. And it's it means that somewhere, someone within the body politic is uh, is actually speaking out because so many countries have got into a debt trap with China by borrowing from China. And so, yeah, hybrid working is, a, is, a, is the new phrase for where you did have a desk, but now you haven't got a desk. You have to work from home. And if you need to go into the office, you have to book a hot desk. But of course, hot desking means it has to be completely sanitized in between each use and all those sorts of things. And yeah, we sit, we are seeing an awful lot of, of new phrases pop into daily parlance, like zumping, for instance. With everyone speaking via the internet on Zoom, now if you get dumped during a Zoom call, you've been zumped. Um, there was another couple of ones that I damn I these heard. millennials. Yeah, hey, we've got Ned here. Hello, Ned. Ned, how are you? Thanks for coming in. How was your Christmas? Christmas yeah, and do you? How was your Christmas? It's still it's still going on. It's been pretty good. Yeah, I understand yeah. that uh, your town went into uh, tier four as of yesterday. How are you handling it? Uh, everyone's gone into tier four. They created tier four and put everybody in it. About they did. A week. <laughs> You're right. They've created <laughs> this ridiculous. Tier. Yeah, they've created this ridiculous new strain, which, by the way, I, I saw a video today of people in Manchester doing drive through vaccinations like the, the sheep are just driving through, rolling up their sleeves and getting it right there. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, first of all, you're crazy for taking it. That's the first thing. Okay. The second thing, and these people didn't look like they could think past their speedometer, but the, um, the fact that there's a <clears throat> second strain, I'm doing the, um, or new strain, I'm doing the air quotes here. There's no actual proof of this. Even your own MPs and your own scientists at certain universities are coming out saying, uh, where's the proof of this? The only people that are pushing this are politicians and, uh, and the media. Where's the actual proof of this? And they're not being given it. Well, I mean, intelligence is no good without common sense. And common sense <laughs> says a virus is going to change. And then when they tell you that it's really radically changed and they're still giving you the same vaccine for it, mm -hmm. you're starting to think, OK, fine. I think that's why Tony Blair uh, crawled out from under his stone. His is he back? Bag. Is he back? Out? Yeah, he's back. And he's saying that I've seen Gordon Brown the last few days. I haven't seen Tony Blair, though. No. Oh, no. You've said Gordon Brown. Now I've got to say texture no, like don't. sun. <laughs> and you do need strangling for it. Yeah. 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 That's a, for our listeners who haven't heard of the Stranglers, a fantastic British punk band. I suggest you you um, look them up on Spotify or whatever your streaming service. Tony Blair. Um, Tony Blair. He he said, well, we should just give as many people as possible the single dose. Um, it sounds to me like he's always been involved. He's been involved with all of these shenanigans uh, for a very long time. Um, and I think he just wants to get people to have the vaccine because not many people are coming forward for it. There are the drive-through ones, and you're still getting. Remember, I said the other day we're about sixty percent of people are still believing everything they're they're told, um, and maybe forty percent aren't. So that forty percent, they're the ones that 
people like Tony Blair want to focus on and get them to have the vaccine. So at the moment, the rollout, I think we've done something like 850,000 people in the UK um, with the single dose. And of course, within the next three weeks, they'll be having their second dose. But Blair is advocating that everyone should have the one dose and well, see, see where we go from there. See, Marty, in order to have herd immunity, you need to have a 100% vaccination rate, according to the World Health Organization. They've changed the definition yeah. of herd immunity. Ned, we were talking about that before you came in. They've actually done that. Uh, yeah, herd immunity. Well, it's a nice way of saying, I mean, common sense would have said, right, if we've got something that's going to hit you faster and harder, open your doors. Sod it. Let's have Christmas, have New Year. By February, we'll have our herd immunity. Thank you very much. And it'll all be back together. See? Chi- yeah, China. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. That's why I said we were talking about Florida. Florida, is, they've been open for for months. They haven't closed. And yeah. they're not having a problem. I mean, believe me, if nope. there was something going on down there, then news cameras would be all over it showing the world. But it's not happening. It's not happening. No. It needs um, to burn itself out like it, it every does. COVID one has. It does. You mentioned China just for a couple of minutes there, uh, uh, Marty. And the Chinese Communist Party has decided to suspend UK flights indefinitely. <laughs> That's all right. I don't want to go there. <laughs> China will suspend direct flights to and from the United Kingdom indefinitely over fears of a new strain of coronavirus. See, it's coming from the UK. See, you yeah. left. You left the world government project. See, you you bad English. You can't do that. So you, you now have to be blockaded. Right. This is exactly what I said the other day. This is a new form of blockade. That's what's going on here. Uh, this is our cunning plan to turn all our houses into Petri dishes so we can actually grow something different and give it back. Yeah. Oh, you I know, see. I see. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's a time for giving. Right. right. So, you, so you can all have it. <laughs> and, right. And our, and our variant of coronavirus is, is much, much better than yours, Mr. P. On the world stage. Uh, yeah. I had Wang. a wonderful argument with a uh, um, government person the other day. Oh, really? Did you? Yes. And they um, openly, a good rant, and basically the wording was, they asked me the question, what's the answer to everything? I said, transparency, honesty, tell people so they can actually have choices, work things out over the long term, something that hasn't been going on. And the answers were, shouted back, <laughs> the people on the street don't want to know. So oh, you make that you yes. make that decision. <laughs> you make that decision, do you? So uh, they don't want to know, apparently, and we have to keep a lid on it. And I'm giving it. You don't make the choices. That's the problem. Because you don't tell the people, you create your own environment. And literally, um, not very clever. And that is from the side of the intelligence side of the government. You know, I, I think that a lot and, of people are misconstrued. Politicians are not smart people. Politicians, not all of them, but a goodly percentage of them are stupid. They're complete buffoons. They're mouthpieces. You're Tony exactly. Blair. The mouthpiece came out. Why? Somebody prodded him with a cattle prod. There you go. They're just puppets. He's, st- he's still got some sort of following or thinks he has, um, which, like you said earlier on, intelligence is no good without common sense. So he might be a very intelligent man. He, he you know, he, he was a qualified barrister, I believe, and so is his wife. You know, so so he's had an education. But what he Hold hasn't. On, Ned, got, Ned was choking on his tea there as you said that of laughter. So yeah, yeah. So, so yes, yes. My, I'm Brian, and so is my wife. <laughs> I'm Brian, and so is my wife. So is my wife. 
Um, blessed are the cheesemakers. Did he say cheesemakers? Well, I expect when he said cheesemakers, he meant all manufacturers of dairy products. I digress. Tony Blair, intelligent man, no doubt. I'm sure he scores highly in an IQ test, but I very much doubt he'd be able to get the lid off a jar. So, oh, see, yeah. Marty, if you'd have just done what he said 20 years ago and just created that nation of service providers, then you wouldn't have this problem right now. Well, there you go. You, there you can see the link. This is a program and a exactly. that has been going on for decades. Exactly. This was coming. Every product will become a service. Exactly. This was coming one way or the other. I think uh, Brexit and, and Donald Trump kind of threw a wrench in they, those works just are, a little bit. They are so, two pieces of grit inside yeah. the oyster. And hopefully they will be given a chance to produce the pearls that, that happen. Um, yeah. And you get grit inside an oyster. Yeah. And, you know, something's come out yesterday, actually. And and I showed this to Bruce last night. Do you remember I told you that this uh, this thing with Trump, I said, it's not over. It's not over. And there's something else. The guy's got, I hate to use the, the pun here, but he's got a Trump card somewhere. And <laughs> it's. I think I find it kind of fitting that his name is Trump. And he is essentially, he's a Trump card to this whole World Economic Forum, Great Reset, UN, everything. And a lot of people are really, really pissed off. And when I say people are pissed off, I'm not talking about pathetic, lying, scum politicians. Those people are, well, their day's coming. But uh, we'll be able to get, clean those people out soon enough. But the uh, the people are pissed. And Trump oh, yeah, is called, no. yeah, P- Trump is called uh, people to the Capitol on January the 6th. No one knows why. He's just saying, come to the Capitol on January 6th. That's also the same day. That is the that, same day. I know. That is the same day that the... Uh, the U.S. Congress is going to Thank look at the electoral votes. And so Mike Pence will possibly be the deciding factor in all of that. So if they can decertify and then bring it down to state electors, well, the Republicans hold, uh, what is it? Is it 27 states, Bruce, in state legislator author- legislative authorities? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So we would actually, yeah, there would be a, a wave to decertify and then you could recertify and then Pence would be the deciding vote. Of course, he's Donald Trump's VP. So which way do you think he's going to vote? But Trump is also telling White House staff to ignore any mentions of packing for departure. Now, normally, when you have a president that's leaving and a new one coming in, they have, I think it's six hours to get everything changed, to to remove all of that um, furniture and and everything else, have it all pulled out and then put into the moving trucks and and packed up. And then everyone goes. And then, of course, the the other half of the um, Uh, The transition team comes in and and puts everything in. So you've normally got about five to six hours for this to happen. Well, Trump has told all the White House staff to ignore a prior memo that went out about packing for leaving the White House. Well, we all know from this side of the pond that um, even if the uh, lefties, as you put it, or the Democrats with democracy behind them actually get their own way, Trump will then run anyway for the next season, won't he? Well, there's a a little bit of... Well, there's a problem with that because, Why? my honest opinion, I don't think there's going to be another one. Uh, this is going to be the end of it. Because if we let this slide, if we let this fraud slide, exactly. then there's nothing to stop it from happening again. And it'll happen again and again and again and again and again. And you'll never have another honest election in the States. Not for a long time. Right. I think you know the number. Um, we call it the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Do you know how many parties there are in China? Uh, one. No, there isn't. There's about seven or eight well yeah but there's a ruling there's a ruling party yeah yeah they're all communist parties but there is seven or eight um parties to the best of my knowledge 
that Are number. They all <laughs> um, well, it's it's funny. I've actually seen the Chinese, uh, the the Chinese Communist Party's, uh, you know, the parliament. I've, if you want to call it that, I've actually seen their um, <clears throat> their votes, if you will. It's amazing. You know, no dissenting votes, hardly at all. Funny old thing that, isn't it? So, it- if you if you actually added another C, they've taken over the old Russia, have they? The cousins mm-hmm. of the Chinese Communist Party, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, more or less, yeah, uh, and. The, the point I'm trying to make is Johnny's right. If this does slide and Creepy Joe, Creepy Joe takes the Oval Office, the chances of there ever being another fair and honest election are very, very slim. So what I need to do now, immediately we finish recording, is book a flight to D.C. Are they coming in? Uh, I take it I can get a flight to D.C. Because I'll oh, yeah. be there for you. Yeah, you can still go there. Here's the thing. Right. Yeah, go on. <laughs> here's the thing. In my humble opinion, the government in the United States, and I and I, I know we're asking a whole lot here uh, because these these idiots couldn't run a lemonade stand. But these people in government, and, and I'm I'm being polite when I say this, they have until January twentieth to fix this problem. They have until January twentieth, and after that, people are so pissed off. You've got seventy plus million people in the country right now that are done with this. They're done. They're tired of the lockdowns. They're tired of the political class. They're tired of all of it. You're getting $600 in relief if you've been closed for a year. That's, that's a all you're getting. Amount of money. That's a, yeah, that's a significant amount of money. And that, so uh, as far as I'm concerned, after January 20th, all bets are off. All bets are off. That's the way it goes. Now, I find it also funny, and I don't know if you, any of you have noticed this, the lockdowns, right? Let's look at those for just a second. The lockdowns, in, the, the fresh lockdowns, right? The ones in Canada, the ones in France, the ones in Germany, the ones in the UK, the ones in various US states. Have you guys noticed anything about them that are unique? Do you notice when they're all supposed to end this time around? January 21st. Oh. Don't know why. I haven't figured that out yet. What's that? You can put a time on it, can they now? Well, I I think it's funny that that they can plan (laughs) how a pandemic is going to work. Because that's what they've tried to do this whole time. Oh, well, we're going to close down all indoor dining on Wednesday. And we're going, well, of course, that'll be a week from today. And then uh, we're going to implement a uh, a curfew of 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, because what? Because of what? I mean, well, none, perhaps, none of it None of it makes any sense. Perhaps um, if you come down with symptoms, if you become symptomatic after the 21st of January, you will then be diagnosed with seasonal flu. No, you'll be diagnosed <laughs> with COVID-20. Oh, <laughs> COVID-21. Or COVID-21, sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Oh, it might be from December 19, you see. December December 19, it started. December 20, now we've got a new strain from Britain. Is this going to carry on through the well, next see, year? You see what's happened here, Ned. See, it's it's the UK that's responsible for COVID nineteen. We are. See, it's yeah. yeah, that that's where it's come from. I think um, it's got something to do. No, with we're COVID twenty. Yeah, You're COVID twenty. Uh, I, I, I think this new variant, as it was called, is by there is there a new variant? Hunt. Well, uh, because if you want to talk variants, mutate. Yeah, you want to talk variants. We had three to start with. We had the U.S. strain, we had the the EU strain, and we had the China strain. Right? We had those three. Okay, in the beginning, each one of those, Bruce, we tracked what thirty mutations roughly per each one of them. Yeah, it was about um, there was mutations that we were seeing. Um, God, this was what June. Uh, there was yeah, quite a early few summer. mutations that happened then. Yeah, and uh, you know, many of them died off. They burned out. You know, 
but uh, the, the the main the three main ones were were like the the strongest of them, if you will. And there was there was minor mutations between those three main strains. The virus adapts to its host as much as it can. And yeah. You are, until it actually goes through the population, you are going to get variant amount of strains, like you say, and many will drop off, and you'll have the stronger ones that remain. But the host will eventually adjust to it and then go, okay, what's the next cold? I and you move on from think- there. I personally think our UK variant is that much more stronger um, based on the fact that our that beer stronger. is better and stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, it's like, you know, we've all used the phrase man flu and, and women, no offense, girls, but you just don't understand. We shrug off lesser viruses, but when one gets us, it gets us hard. That's why man flu is worse than girl flu. Um, so, or lady flu. Well, see, so you get man um, flu now, Marty, you go to jail. Yeah. Go to jail. Really? In real, in the real sense, let me explain what they're doing. If you haven't, fi- if, if the listener hasn't figured it out yet, they're trying to, if they could do this right now, they would do it. But I think it would, I think it would trigger too much backlash at the moment, at the moment. But, uh, as they're squeezing down on all of this, what they're trying to do in a real sense, they're trying to outlaw people getting sick. Yeah. As a, a, a training analyst, um, I write training objectives, and the example they use where you've got to be careful of how you word a training objective so that the responding course design actually achieves what you wanted to achieve. If I was writing, um, uh, we call it a, a TPS, a training performance statement for a general practitioner, and I made TO1, training objective one, maintain a healthy population. If Um, they were to follow that to the letter. Every time someone sick walked into the doctor's office and they shot them, they would be maintaining a healthy population because sick people would be got rid of. And and I think, you know, that that is actually what this is all about. Eventually, they want us to be as weak as possible. They are weakening our immune system by the lockdowns, by this mask wearing, by winding everyone's general well-being down as low as they can possibly do it. Stress without, is the killer. Yeah, without an immediate backlash and response. Because if they had of, in the words of the sheriff of Nottingham in that great film with <laughs> Kevin Costner, had uh, was that, stopped all was that, uh, beheadings. Was that Waterworld that you're talking about? Is that, no, is that no, Robin no. Hood. Rob, well, okay, it was field, field of Dreams. Is that what it was? <laughs> no, Robin Hood. Ro- oh, Robin Hood. Um, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, yeah but- the sheriff of Nottingham dashes through the, <laughs> the, the castle shouting, stop all merciful beheadings, no more scraps from the kitchen for the poor, and cancel Christmas. If the government had have done that, rather than this um, successive proclamation that they have done, they'd mm-hmm. have got that massive groundswell of uh, resistance that they couldn't cope with. And that's that's why... You were spot on when you mentioned it a few months ago. That's exactly what they've done. I think you may be a witch um, because you predicted it very, very well. Um, oh, there is a quicker way. Yeah, go ahead. There is a yeah, quicker go way. Go from a business point of view. What they do in the music industry when they want to stop people from using something, they copyright it. So why don't we copyright the COVID? 
nobody will say they're sick then. Uh, can we don't want to be fine since since we're copyright and stuff can we copyright the government um, well i mean to what if purpose? we if we copyright the government that means no one else can use it so oh, we can oh, we can sue them for copyright though. infringement for not representing <laughs> we the people and we can shut them down right oh yeah i must admit that person um that <laughs> government person i was talking to actually did get a bit angry when i told them they were a servant of the people oh yeah they don't like it when you they when should, you kind <laughs> they of, should tell me exactly what i need to know yeah, they they don't like it when you give them a little taste of their own reality. They they don't like that at all. They uh, they're they're the new uh, they're they're going to be the new uh, dukes and earls, if you will. Um, that's <sighs> that's what they that's what they think. I, I'm not saying that's what they are. I'm saying that's what they think. Bless them. But I have missed you guys. I haven't been on air for a while, and I've lost touch with a bit of the world. Try to keep in touch, but well, it's I good. Actually, decided to have a Christmas. No, it's no, it's fine. It's uh, it, you know, glad glad for you to uh, you know, ha- happy to see you uh back on and uh, glad you stopped in. Uh, we can talk about this the last couple of minutes. Uh, the BBC has come out and cleared all this up uh, since, you know, since uh, this is uh, the foremost credible news agency in uh, in the UK. Uh, and they, they've cleared this up. They've cleared you this up. Former, formerly credible news agency. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the foremost. Yeah, that, that's what, yeah, yeah, that's no, what I meant, the no, foremost. No. Yeah, you're right. They're formally credible. Oh, formally. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing, Marty. They've cleared all this up, so we don't have to worry about this any longer because we've been talking about it at nauseum here. They've cleared all this up. The Great Reset is a conspiracy theory and a false vaccination claim. Uh, so they, they've debunked all this. Uh, they, they've okay. cleared all this up. So this is all a conspiracy theory. This is what they're calling a, uh, a reality check uh, on this. And uh, they're saying that the World Economic Forum recovery plan has been interpreted as a sinister first by fringe conspiracy theory groups on social media. And then by prominent conservative commentators, prompting tens of thousands of interactions across Facebook and Twitter. You said that there's actually a Great Resets, anti-Great Reset group on Facebook. Is that correct? I haven't yeah, seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's more than one. Um, oh. But I I was sent a link to like this particular one by um, friends. And um, there's a lot of information going on there. But at the same time, you've got, you have got complete Fruit Loop, tinfoil hat, conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. nutters uh, engaging on all of these these groups and i don't put myself into that category at all but then again if you're mad you don't know you're mad <laughs> i wish a lot of the stuff was a crazy crackpot conspiracy theory but, to be honest with you. the answer the answer the answer to it all is honestly i mean you go back to something big in the american history the UFO theories. Oh, I, I thought like you that. were going to say July 4th, 1776. No, 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 I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. What, what, so um, what's the best way to, if you want to cover something up like a possible conspiracy, is to create a load of others and bury it in it? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the more a government misinforms the public, the more conspiracy theories you will get out there, and they try to bury the truth under all the pile of crap. And that's yeah. what they do. Talking of conspiracy theories, Ned and I spent time in the Royal Navy, and he'll be aware of <laughs> he'll be aware of these these facts that ninety percent of fires on board ships are actually put out by the person who finds them. Yes. So they're small fires. Did you well, also true. know everybody? You guys are all trained to be members of of a fire brigade on on board ship. Is that correct? You yeah, all have absolutely. Jobs. Yeah, we're, we're we're all trained uh, to do any part of the firefighting teams that that may and damage be required control. and damage control. Another 
probably fairly unknown fact is that 90% of fires on ships are also caused by the person who reports them. And, um, and yeah, some of them deliberately. And it's, it's the same with this vaccine, in my humble opinion, uh, which you are all entitled to. Um, <laughs> that is that if the vaccine is real and really does um, give immunity to COVID-19, then COVID-19, no one, I don't think anyone apart from really, really stupid people now believes that it came from bat soup and a pangolin sandwich. What's I'm sorry, Some, what, what's this pangolin sandwich? I hadn't heard that until you mentioned it. What, what is that? They, they couldn't, well, pangolins is a type of scaly... I know what it is. I finally saw one a couple of days ago, but I heard you mention yeah. this pangolin sandwich. I'm like, what on the earth is a pangolin sandwich? The wet market in Wuhan, they they could, and the article I read from poor Ned's the over there tearing up from laughing so hard. Yeah, the article I read in the New Scientist suggested <laughs> that it could have come from a poorly cooked bat, which we know carry a lot of diseases that people can be or transmitted to people, or a pangolin dish that was served at the wet market. But I, I thought it was a live. I thought it was a live pangolin that was being peddled. That way, you could. You know, it would. It was an, a live virus, and it got passed forth in between the pangolin and then back to somehow. Oh, you, 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 you may be right. Uh, I, I, the my, first time I'd ever heard of it being served it on bread was my point. Yeah, it's, it was just. <laughs> well, of course, it, it was probably a rice cake. No one believes that anymore. I hope. So they know that this virus was. So they know this virus was created, and either accidentally, and no one really believes that either, or deliberately uh, released. From the Level 4 Research Center in Wuhan. Can we say this? Can we say that it was accidentally released on purpose? Accidentally released on purpose, allegedly. Um, <laughs> and and so now they've come up with this, this vaccine in very, very short space of time so that we'll all be incredibly grateful to get our lives back. And they've removed everything else that is actually supposed to prevent you from being dependent on a vaccine in the first place. Especially if you link the the Taiwan factory going up in a puff of, Mm -hmm. what's it called again? Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine, yeah. They make the precursor for that. It's one of two places in the world. What is the biggest thing they had to remove to make sure they could get people to take a vaccine? Herd immunity. So they had to shut you indoors, take you out, shut you indoors, take you out, put you in a Petri dish, out you come again, whatever. And eventually, eventually... The COVID will run out no matter what. And guess what they'll say? It was, down it was to our vaccine. vaccine. Exactly. And la di da di da. Thank you. It, Who's going to pay for this? In a rather roundabout way, that's what I mean about people yep. starting fires to report the fire and put it out to get a pat on the back so that the rest of the ship's company are grateful to the arsonist. You know? And what, what's the next step? Everybody says thank you. And then they'll say, Do you realize that it's still out there and it's in your system? And then. If you want to go abroad, you're going to have to have the vaccine. Yeah. And if you don't, sorry, guys. And it'll just be well, one spin that. after another. A continual, yeah, but it's they're, a continual spin. It's horrible. The air bridge. Yeah, it, it, that's just it. I mean, all of a sudden we have a vaccine that's out, which, I mean, if you want to take it, you go right ahead. But uh, I'm not. There, there's no way. I've made my stance on uh, on vaccines clear. Uh, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm anti this vaccine, but I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But uh, yeah, they're already saying... They- yeah. The, the air bridge between New York and London, the Americans are already saying in New York, 
No, we're not taking any UK passengers unless they have positive COVID test. <laughs> or unless they yet. have a negative, so- unless they have a negative COVID test. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I had it right the first time. Yes. <laughs> We've all got is, it. <laughs> is, the, is the New Jersey um, government? Uh, that's the state in which New York is in, isn't it? Are they, no, is, two states. Is New York with, with, it's crossed over. There, two it's crossed. It, it's crossed the river. All right. Okay. So, are they all wearing sort of khaki green pajamas now with those little? caps i had one of those caps when i was in china and i sat there uh on the quarter deck of the ship with my little hat with the red star on the front and my bowding iron balls in my hand um uh-huh. that there were yeah uh, and i had to stop people going inside the ship during ship open to visitors now normally when we do that in a port we give people a tour around the ship and um it's a good way of for sailors to meet girls um but in this particular case, uh, per day of the two days we did it in Shanghai, we had something like 60,000 people queuing up just to walk around a boring British warship. Um, but yeah, I digress. I'm such a waffler. The government, the state governments in New York, they're as left wing as they go, aren't they? They're, they're part of this. Yeah, but it's New York and California. That's like that's like saying that... <laughs> It's like saying uh, London is the entire UK, right? That that means the same. It's the same concept. You you just can't make the comparison. No, I know, but those those two states, perhaps the ones that have the biggest profile abroad. Let, let's just yeah, let's just put it. Uh, they, they are um, they're left wing strongholds. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. So we are mm. out of time this evening, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure to sit down. Ned, great to see you back. I'm glad you had a nice Christmas. Hi, uh, thank you. You've cheered me up no end. <laughs> yeah. And uh we will uh we'll be happy to have you back uh, as soon as you're ready to come back on any any time this week. Uh we're we're back on from now until uh the end of the year. So uh, you um, and Bruce doing the dailies? Yeah, we are. We are. Mm. Oh good. Right. Excellent. So you can you can pop in. Anything else that uh, any of you would like to talk about before we uh, wrap up here? Well no, just just to reiterate uh, uh an old piece of advice that I'm sure you'll remember. Christmas time uh, people are drinking, booze is everywhere, and if you're driving, make sure you've got a car. I knew it was coming. I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> you're welcome. And make sure it's not past 10 p.m. due to COVID curfew, right? We don't want you. We, we don't want you uh, catching the catching COVID 19 after 10 p.m. 9:55, you're fine, but 10 p.m. that's that's when you're most vulnerable, apparently, according to whichever respective government you live under. Which I, I'm using that term "respective" very loosely at this point because. They have no respect from me and a lot of people at this point. But anyway, I digress. For those of you who would like to uh, get in contact with us, we are on the social media platform of Parler. That is P-A-R-L-E-R, not P-A-R-L-O-R. There are two different ones that I learned today. So you can get in contact with me over there at Anderson 3 or you can get in contact with Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips.dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. Again, we are trying to promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people's circles, but we do need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, Marty, and Ned. Welcome back, by the way. 
Thank you guys for your time tonight. Merry Christmas to you, too. Good night. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.